Shalom Aleichem. Welcome to The Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today I'm visiting with Rachel Flight. Rachel is a writer and director based in Brooklyn, New York. Her work includes her recent short film, which is titled Gefilte, A Jewish Family Finds Beauty in a Traditional Holiday Dish. You're on the street, yes? Yes, I'm on the street. Sorry okay. About that. So our listeners, forgive us if we have a little background street music. <laughs> I'm gonna, it's the, yeah. It's the wildlife of New York City. Uh, <laughs> so in in addition to her latest film, Gefilte, um, she also has produced a short documentary, Barbara and Stanley, a modern romance. Both have debuted on nowness.com. Rachel has conceived of and directed short form digital video content for a wide range of brands and organizations, including Cadillac, Vive Coco, UBS Bank, Circle of International, uh, or excuse me, Circle of Health International, and Quantro. She was the co-founder and chief creative officer at the women's wear brand Honor from 2009 to 2015. At Honor, Rachel directed and conceived all creative content for 17 collections. She is also a proud advocate for women with alopecia and has been featured in the New York Times and New York Magazine, as well as on Vogue.com, WMagazine.com, and WallStreetJournal.com. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me, Beth. Well, um, I'm so excited to talk to you guys about Ahilta. I'm excited, too. Um, our academic director, Josh Lambert, who I know you know because uh, you worked with him when you were here at the Yiddish Book Center for the Reboot Fellowship, um, and he shared your latest film, and I have to tell you that it's gone crazy here at the center with everybody. So I was so eager to have a chance to speak with you about the short film, and not sure I can sort of find the right words to describe it adequately. I mean, it is Jewishness in the most delicious, uh, excuse the pun, of ways and also a very thoughtful film. So how did you come to this film? Well, it was really just um, a conversation that I had with Francine Hermelin. She's the youngest sibling of the Hermelin family. And she knew that I was making this documentary called Barbara and Family. She knew I'm a filmmaker. I'm close with her and her family. And she said, you know, my mother might be selling her house, and this might be the last year that we have this big Passover Seder in it, and I sort of feel like we should shoot it. And then as we were talking further, I was like, well, tell me about the Seder. She said, well, 105 to 120 people come, and my mother makes 200 pieces of gefilte fish from scratch a month before the Seder. And over the course of two nights, about 200 people come. And so I was like, Francine, we have to make a film about this. This is so amazing. Like, your family keeps this tradition alive. So um, we set out with a small crew, and we went and we filmed the making of the gefilte fish. But then, of course, we had to pay it off with the serving of the gefilte fish. And we created some tension and drama, because the truth is, is that it is sort of like all about the fish in that family. Our joke while we were making the film, which is not really a joke, but the truth, is that it's really not about the fish. It's about so much more. Um, the film is about tradition, and it's about family, and it's about identity, and it's about love, and it's about loss. You know, um, Food is a sensory experience, and it's a memory bridge. And for me, 
Like when I walk into my mother's home, every Passover, Rosh Hashanah, uh, Hanukkah, there are certain smells in my house that sort of make it really clear that it's the holidays. And that's from the food, you know, like the Ashkenazi Jews have like a potato-y, um brisket smell that's like aroma that sort of permeates through the house. And it's like all of my memories of childhood come back with the taste of that food. And so the Hermelins created an amazing framework for us to sort of explore those ideas. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that you really pack a lot into the film, and you've mentioned it. I think it addresses tradition, cultural transmission, shared stories, you know, experience, multi-generational, and it, it all filters through, in a way, gefilte fish, um, and you wrap this so beautifully and poignantly into this telling of this, this one item that is part of the family Seder. Uh, and when, I guess, did that become clear to you that that was both an entry point and um, also an ability to expand on this tradition? Well, I mean, to be honest, like, I think in my brain, I'm always thinking about metaphors. And, you know, as a director, we're always looking for symbols in filmmaking. And um, I don't know, I spent enough time in therapy to know that, like, the motivation around certain things is more than just, like, the action itself or the object itself. And so to me, it just became really clear that, in the making of these traditional food dishes that we were channeling something greater and that in gathering together, you know, my mother would always sort of like get upset if I couldn't make it home for the holidays. And as a young, as a younger adult, I was like, God, just get over it. Um, But as I got older, I realized how important it is that we maintain these traditions. You know, it's like life is short. And family is really important. And, you know, keeping the tradition alive is, like, major. I mean, like, my family, like, has been Jewish forever. (laughs) There's no, um, in my direct line, there's no sort of, like, deviation. We're all Jews, and we all keep doing this Jewish stuff, and it's really important. I I loved all of the interviews that are you know, sort of interspiced within the film. And you interview several generations of the family um, who are part of the Hermelin family of Detroit. And there was one line that two brothers shared, if I may, and it goes sort of like, I love, I love Passover tradition. The fish was just something we got through. And I th- think that that's a line that may be true for most of us who gather for Seder. And I wonder what your relationship is with gefilte fish. Well, I love gefilte fish, and I have always loved gefilte fish. And my family does not make it from scratch. We get it from the jar, from the supermarket. I explain to sort of my non-Jewish friends every year who comes to Passover. We've always had some goys at the table. Um, my parents always, like, sort of, like, uh, extend this cultural tradition far and wide. And I always explain, like, oh, it's an acquired taste. Um, I love it, even from the jar. But I have to say that the Hermelin's gefilte fish is 
it, it, my mother sometimes attached the word controversial to certain foods. Um, uh, that, or, you know, in other ways, it might be that you had an immature palate, Lisa. Um, but it's a word that I would sort of ascribe to gefilte fish because everybody sort of draws a line on, do you like the stuff that comes in the jar, which you grew up with possibly, or, you know, if you're invited to somebody's Seder and you're worried because you knew that they didn't make the gefilte fish the way you wanted, and it is a part of the Seder meal. Do you do you see it in that construct that it there is something uh, about gefilte fish that is a shared experience just in terms of its being a part of the a part of the menu? Well, you know, some people choose not to serve it. Um, I went to it, ironically enough, the day that I went to um, the the day the film launched on the internet. I went to a Passover seder. Sorry about that. Um, I went to a Passover theater that um, evening, and they didn't serve good health tips. Oh, <laughs> so, no. But it was as much of a presence as it was an absence, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but it is sort of controversial. It's something, I don't know. I feel like the Jewish people always, like, discuss the struggle. There's something, like, quite difficult about the filter fish, not only in its making, but in its, like, appeal. And so there's something about that. I'm not really sure what it is, but it feels like in its controversial nature, in its sort of difficultness, in its complicatedness, it feels just inherently Jewish, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I hope that this is okay to say to you, but it just it's interesting to see gefilte fish used as brilliantly as you used it as a storyline um, in, in telling what, I think, you know, maybe you set out to do this, but I do feel like it really helps us. And this, and the whole film um, really does tell a, a larger story, I think. Um, and there's a, there's a line at one point about the Haggadah and how it wears the stains of past meals, uh, you know, the, the stain of wine drippings and matzah crumbs that are pressed between the pages. And there's a beautiful place where... Um, the the narrator tells or you know holds it up and so you see this visual which I think for all of us who've experienced Seder it really resonates um and then the line is dinner would be served right here and they point in the Haggadah to the stained very stained very you know beautiful page which shows years and years and years of of wear and use and it really transported me as if you were back to family and Seder. Um, and I imagine that the reaction is similar for many of your viewers. And I wonder how you think about the Jewish visual and narrative. Um, well, I feel like, to me, you know, that visual is just like the sort of living, breathing document of a group of people committed to keeping a tradition alive. You know, mm-hmm. like, that's what it is. It's just, like, that is it. Like, in those pages, like, that is the Jews working every year to maintain this tradition. And and this certain, the family certainly exemplifies that. Tell a little bit about their backstory, because how the Seder grew a bit. I don't want to have a spoiler alert for the film, but I don't think it will be. Well, basically, what they explain is that... Um, David Hermelin, who passed away in the year 2000, um, he was a gregarious person who was, as 
described by his sister as the Pied Piper. And basically, they built an addition onto the house that gave them this big room for entertaining. And so there was room, so David just invited everyone. That's how it grew. And, and it's, yeah, it's a great illustration of shared Jewish tradition, um, uh, as well as personal associations, yes? Yeah, totally. Um, so what are you working on next, if um, I may? I'm, well, I'm developing four documentary projects right now, which is a little bit too much. Um, I'm actually off to edit one of them right now. Um, and I'm doing a narrative feature, which I'm hoping to make this year or maybe early 2019. Excellent. Well, thank you so, so much for this film. It's one that I think I will watch over and over again and certainly share with family and friends. So for our listeners, can you tell them where they can go to view this and to learn more about your work? Um, You can go to www.nowness.com. It's on the homepage right now, and if you cannot find it on the homepage, just search Gefilte, and it was the only film about Gefilte fish up there. And um, otherwise, you can check out my stuff at rachelsleet.com, R-A-C-H-E-L-S-L-E-I-T.com. And thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Well, thank you for your work, and keep it up, and we look forward to seeing more. Take care. Okay, thanks, Lisa. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to The Schmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. My name is Zeke Levine, fellow at the Yiddish Book Center. For more information about this podcast and to subscribe, visit YiddishBookCenter.org. While you're there, I recommend listening to episode 95, Lisa Newman's 2015 conversation with Jeremy Cohen, founder of Schmaltz Brewing Company. Until next time, be well, be healthy, sei gesund. Thank you.